Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you've joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Sarah Missoni is usually here with us, but she is um, out at Tillamook Creamery. She is showing off her ranch dressing ice cream that she made to kick off her um, ice cream ice cream conference. So of course, we'll ask her about it when she gets back, but it will just be me here today. We don't have any food uh, news for you other than um, we're just getting ready for the both the Fancy Food Show and the Good Food Foundation event. And so if any entrepreneurs out there have questions about those things or there's any um, uh, buyers or merchandisers that want to attend those, contact Sarah or I. We can help get you signed up. We both have passes to those things, so let us know. Uh, we're just going to get straight to it today. I'm super excited about our guests. Um, we are going to talk about pivoting. We're going to talk about restaurants, and we're going to talk about restaurants entering the grocery market. So it'll be a really fun, quick chat that we're going to have today. I would like to introduce you guys to Sandra Arnrich. She is the chef of both Renata Woodfired Restaurant and Nourished, which is Mindful Meal Delivery. Hello, Sandra. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Uh, we really like to connect our listeners to you. So what is the best way for them to find your business on Instagram or on the internet? Uh, we are on Instagram at Renata PDX um, and same for uh, Twitter. Um, Nourish Mindful Meals is our handle for our other uh, meal delivery service. And that is for both Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. We will um, definitely connect people with you so that they can come support your businesses. Uh, we want to help people understand your journey. So let's talk about um, how you became a chef. Yeah, so I became a chef. Um, I feel like I was born a chef. Mm. I um, went to culinary school after going to school in Texas for a few years and realizing that my true passion was in food. Um, so when I was in culinary school, I had to um, do an internship to graduate. And that ended up uh, taking me to a place called the French Laundry in Napa Valley. Uh, and there is where my real passion for food and ingredients and sourcing uh, started. 
Uh, and then from there, I met my husband uh, at the at the restaurant, and we worked around the Bay Area for a while. Um, I worked at Bennu, which was another three star Michelin restaurant in San Francisco. So, uh, and eventually, after having our second kid, we decided to move to Portland, where my husband is from, and uh, open up a restaurant. That's really cool. I, um, you know, if our listeners don't know about the French Laundry, that's a very um, big honor and opportunity to be able to do your internship there. I think people, um, you know, it's it's just this renowned restaurant. It's so wonderful. They do, you know, everything there. They have on-site gardens too, right? Yeah, they have an orchard. And yeah, they have a huge culinary garden, uh, which and- were just absolutely wonderful. And how were you able to get an internship there? Did it, did you have to interview for it? Did it just happen? Was it connections? What got you in there? Um, no, it was not connections. Um, we, I, I was in Canada um, going to culinary school. And one day I had a, a teacher who showed up with a library card full of cookbooks. And he asked us to go down and pick up a cookbook um, and I just happened to pick up the French Laundry cookbook without really knowing what the French Laundry was or who Thomas Keller was or any of it um, and I opened the cookbook and I could not put it down and I came back the next day and I said this is where I want to go for my internship and they said well you know it's kind of hard because we're in Canada and that's in California and we've never done an international uh, internship before, but we can try. And he said, you have to have really good grades and you have to have talk to your teachers and see if they will give you letters of recommendation and we'll go from there. And I did all that and I, I was put in a wait list at the French Laundry and then I got, I got in. That's, that's um, in an so, internship a few months later. That's so amazing. Congratulations. What a cool opportunity. It was really and, magical. And had they ever had anybody intern from Canada before? Um, yeah, I mean, they had people from all over the world. Yeah. Intern. That's the coolest thing about the French Laundry is not only the place that you're in, but it's also the people that you're surrounded with. You know, everybody's so passionate about food and wine and and growing things and so you enter uh, a world of minds that are so alike uh, and that are so challenging and inspiring and hard to work with but at the same time great friendships have formed from that that's so wonderful and then you met your husband there as well so your life completely yeah. changed probably by by passing through that restaurant it absolutely did yeah. absolutely did in many levels yeah so you and your husband decided to move to portland and you came here did you know what kind of restaurant you wanted to open when you came we did yeah um well because my husband is from portland and all his family's here we would come to portland you know, probably four times a year. And as being in the restaurant business, they would always be eager to show us the new restaurants in town. Yeah. And so we really got to experience the development, the development of, of the restaurant industry in Portland. 
um, and we always felt like Portland had great food, um, but there was there was uh, an element of just integrating all what a restaurant should be, and so like thinking about service and ambiance and a wine list and a cocktail list and and great food and everything like really paying attention to all the details because that's where we were coming from right that that's that was our school was the french laundry was a detail-oriented restaurant Mm -hmm. and we always felt like there were a few restaurants trying to do that um, but it nothing was quite there fully like integrating everything yeah um and so we we decided to move to to Portland. Um, and at that time, my husband was working as the director of operations for a restaurant group in San Francisco called uh, Delfina. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Italian. Uh, his family is also uh, half Italian uh, in Croatian. So there's a lot of bad uh, food in his, in his blood and family and growing, growing up. Um, so he has a lot of memories attached to that food. And, and, and so did I, because growing up in Colombia, my best friend was, um, her grandparents were Italian. Um, and so she had a, an aunt who had a restaurant uh, at her grandparents' house, like in, the, in, in a little area of the house, she opened up a restaurant. And my best friend was the daughter of a single mother. Uh, so she spent her weeks uh, with her grandparents while her mom was working. And so I would always go to her grandparents' house to do homework. And we would always go down to the restaurant to see what Renata had in store for us for dinner. Um, so that's also where the name for our restaurant came from. Very cool. So let's talk about Renata. Um, so that's the name of your restaurant. Let's t- tell people where it is. Where can they find so Renata? It's in Central Eastside, Portland. Um, it's uh, 626 Southeast Main Street. Perfect. And how long have you been open? Well, we've been technically open for seven years with the mm-hmm. two-year pandemic, which was uh, um, half open, I guess. Yeah. Open today and you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Sure. <laughs> um, and... So I want to talk about the things that you did have to change during that time, but we'll come back to that. And and so you can just talk about um, re- like more of the philosophy of Renata. So you're, you have a farm driven menu and you um, do whole animal, you have a whole animal program. So can we talk about some of those things and what they mean for your restaurant menu? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, things have evolved a lot um, because obviously times changed dramatically after COVID. But mm-hmm. when Renata opened, uh, we wanted to do a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, as they do restaurants in Italy, which is honoring every part of the animal, getting a whole, you know, pig and curing. And so we had a curing program. We had um, a butchering house where we were making sausages. We were we were cutting cows like it was we have a meat locker in our restaurant mm-hmm. um and we really wanted because of where we came from uh in the thomas keller way of doing things sourcing has always been very very important to us so 
our dream was always to create relationships with farmers and know where where things were coming from uh, and honor every every stage of the animal or the vegetables or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to make pastas in-house. Uh, it, it was a very ambitious uh, restaurant um, that requires a lot of hands. Um, yeah. We were making... I mean, when we opened, we had we had three different breads that we would bake every day with three different butters to go with each bread. Um, it was it was quite quite the scene. Um, it has changed now. Um, we're very grateful and lucky that we have great relationships with farmers that we have uh, formed for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we still have a lot of those, uh, farmers with us, uh, but, uh, definitely our, our staffing situation is, is, uh, quite tricky at this point. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about, um, more about Renata and then also, um, the other business that you've started Nourish. So we'll be right back. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, and we are back. And Sandra, can you tell us about um, Nourish, which is another aspect or another side of um, your business? Yes, so Nourish um, started with my husband. Uh, He had for the last many years now, uh, he had some back issues and uh, he ended up having four back surgeries. Uh, and after the last surgery, he had always done the recovery the way that the doctors will tell him to do the recovery. But for the last surgery, he ended up finding, finding a um, personal trainer who specialized in recovering uh, from surgery and movement. Um, and he started working out with her and really uh, recovering uh, from his back surgeries. And they became really good friends. Um, at the time, she was doing uh, a, a meal prep thing uh, with her clients at the gym, uh, where she would give them shopping lists, and they would all have a Zoom call, and everybody would prep for the week together, uh, and everybody had their meals, and she had the recipes, and uh, and it worked for her. But what she had really wanted to do was a meal delivery service where she mm-hmm. could uh, apply her nutrition uh, expertise and make meals. She loves food uh, as we all do. Um, and she wanted to make meals that were delicious, that did not, that did not require for you to sacrifice flavor in order to meet calories. Mm-hmm. Um, and being mindful around what went into those meals. So they worked that idea out and they approached me and said, Hey, would you be, would you be willing to put these recipes together and see this culinary, the culinary side of this program? 
Um, and I said, yes, because at that point, um, you know, my, my, for me, I think that food is a really great vehicle to connect with people, uh, and to create wonderful memories around, uh, and I also think is the most important thing that you can do for your health. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that came to be, uh, that really spoke to me on the health side of things because I'm, I'm a very mindful eater. Um, and after I had kids, I became much more aware of what went into things. Um, and so it was a great challenge. Uh, it was very different from what I was doing at Renata, which was creating really delicious food. Um, but not always considering, I mean, always considering the ingredients that went in, but never considering the nutritional value of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't, I cooks, chefs don't cook with that in mind. Right. Um, and so this was a different challenge. I still want to make really delicious food, um, but now I want to make it uh, so people can eat it every day. And so if people want to um, order from Nourish and, and get this meal delivery service, how do they do it? What does that look like? Oh, so they just have to go onto our website, which is uh, Nourish Mindful Meals. And uh, then you just, you can either start a subscription. Uh, it's very flexible. You can do five meals uh, or three meals, or you can do a la carte. The menu gets posted. Uh, two weeks in advance, usually, um, and we cook food from everywhere. Um, I don't, uh, it's not Italian. It's, you know, it can be, it can be food from Mexico, from parts in Asia, from all over. Um, and it makes it always interesting to see what's coming. Um, and you're never, you know, you're just, it's, it's not boring. Uh, it's really delicious and it's easy and you don't have to think about it. You just open up your fridge and then you have a healthy meal prepared that you just heat up. That's so wonderful. And and that was something that came out of, um, you started doing that during COVID, right? While the restaurant wasn't all the way open. Was that, is that right? Y- yes. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing that, the biggest thing that came during COVID was our frozen pizzas. Yeah, that was the the next thing I wanted to talk about was that that was like Nourish was one aspect that you guys made a change to to Renata to your business during COVID. And then the other one is um, making frozen pizzas for grocery stores. Are you guys still doing that? We are. Yes. Yes, we are still doing that. We are in every almost every grocery store in Portland uh, and a lot of them in Oregon, uh, some in Washington. Okay. and so, yeah, we're tell us what what grocery stores people can find them in, and then um, and where they find them. Are they frozen? Are they fresh? Let's let's lead people to the pizzas. So our pizzas are wood fire pizzas uh, that are frozen. Uh, so we are in the frozen aisles of New Seasons Markets, uh, um, Market of Choice, Zupans, uh, Basics. Uh, in a lot of the smaller independent grocery stores. 
And how um, I think that's actually how you got referred to us to be on our podcast is because, um, you know, Market of Choice is one of our sponsors. And um, John was talking about cool things that different people mm. were doing and wanted to help tell um, your story. So he suggested you as a guest. And I'm so glad that he did because I didn't know you were doing that. Um, how did that come about for you to do those pizzas? How did you start doing it and selling it to grocery stores? So I was, as I was telling you earlier, we had a whole animal program at the restaurant and a butcher and all this. And uh, Pat um, was our cattle uh, farmer, and he and he would bring us a cow every couple of weeks for us to to serve at the restaurant. <coughs> when. Um, when the governors um, closed all the restaurants and everything shut down, we were scheduled to receive a cow. And of course, we had to lay off all our employees. And when I realized the cow was coming, I was like, we have to, we can't take this cow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pad and Tam are just the two of them in a farm and they had killed a cow for us. Mm-hmm. And so eventually we were like, no, we, I mean, we can't send Pat back with a cow because what is Pat going to do with this cow? We have to do something with a cow. And so very quickly, uh, this was on a Monday and very quickly we transitioned into um, a meal kit service uh, we, I think we were one of three restaurants in the city that stayed open. Mm-hmm. Um, by that Thursday, we had a whole program going for meal kits. And we started selling meal kits at a really great deal. Um, it, it was meals for four people, uh, given that a lot of us were stuck at home with children, homeschooling, working, and doing all the things uh, and trying to stay safe. So we thought that that was a great opportunity and it allowed us to honor this deal with that we had with Pat. Um, and from there, uh, a lot of things happened. Then the, the beef shortages started and we had this direct line to, to beef. So we started bringing more cows and we created this p- pantry program and part of the pantry program, uh, we decided to test our pre pizzas and freeze them. And so we put them in, in our pantry program and they were very successful. People love them. Uh, they were convenient. Uh, they really delivered a high quality pizza at your home. Um, and we couldn't keep up with the production for them. Um, and so after a few months of having those, um, we decided to go to new seasons and see what they would think about the pizzas. And they loved the product and they said, okay, well, we'd love to bring the product in, but we would need you to produce. We need, we need you to have a brand. We need you to have packaging and we would need you to produce 3000 pizzas for all stores. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we, we looked at them and we said, sure, 
we got it <laughs> uh not really knowing how we were gonna get there um but two weeks two or three weeks later we had packaging we had a brand and we had three thousand pizzas going into new seasons um and from there uh the pizzas were very very successful at new seasons and they were the number one and number two best frozen selling product in all of new seasons for the first year that they were in um and uh then we started going into other grocery stores that's so great of choice I love I love that you made it happen. I know that you made it happen because you had to. I mean, I know that this has been the hardest time for restaurants and I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that you guys have made it through. And I know that was a lot of work and and that not everyone has been that lucky or found an avenue that worked for them. So I'm so glad that that was something that you found that that worked and was successful. That's awesome that you could do it because it's not it's not easy to just like have a product and and sell it to stores. So I know it takes a lot to do that. So good job. Yeah, it's it's definitely has been a lot of work. Um, yeah. A lot of trial and error because mm-hmm. we we just don't know. That's not our business, you know? Like, yeah. We're not grocery sellers. We're, we're, we don't do that. So like... Well, and you guys, bring- you guys set out to provide a whole experience in hospitality. And that is definitely mm-hmm. not not this, you know, it's a totally different business model and different business plan. So um, what you set out to do definitely um, wasn't, was impossible at the time. I mean, if you can't have people come into your restaurant, you can't provide them this, with this wonderful experience, but you've, I'm sure you found a way to do that through these frozen pizzas they can take into their home. That's right. I think that that has been a great, um, a great thing that has happened because it, Nurturing people is our business, mm-hmm. and this really has been uh, another way to do that. Uh, I love when people text me and they show me, "Look what we're having for dinner! It's so good!" And it really—it's not the same experience of a restaurant, but mm-hmm. it also brings memories. You know, food is food, uh, and good food is good food. Um, the setting is important, but it's not all of it, you know, and I I love that people can connect to, to a good pizza and whatever that means for each individual uh, through our, our really awesome product. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. Good job. Um, I want to know what uh, menu item at Renata tells your story best. Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I think that's a really hard thing to point. I think, well, I guess the porchetta spice chicken. The porchetta spice chicken has been in our on our menu almost since we opened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really good, and I need. I know it's just chicken, um, but it's not any chicken. It's really good. Uh, it's the 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 spice rub that we use is to die for and there's a reason why it has been on the menu for seven years now we don't take it off because i mean every time that i have it i'm like this chicken is so good 
I think it's people would so be good. would be mad at you if you took it off the menu. <laughs> I think so too. People do go for the chicken. I have friends that go when you were open, like regularly before the pandemic, they would go every week to to get the chicken. They would tell me about it. So I mean, I know <laughs> I I have personal friends who would be mad if it wasn't on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Um, and so you guys are back open at the restaurant. And just so our listeners know, um, do are you taking reservations? Should they make a reservation before they come in? Um, yes, we are taking reservations and we're also taking a smaller amount of walk-ins. Okay. Um, I think until the patio opens, uh, we're going to stay that way. Um, but yeah, the reservations are on up on Resi. Okay, perfect. So people can go online. I always suggest making a reservation, but go ahead and on, on Resi, make a reservation for Renata. And then um, I always like to ask what uh, your community can do to support you. So what can we do right now to help your businesses? Uh, show up for your reservation mm-hmm. <laughs> or let us know that you're not coming so we can release a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and buy our pizzas. Buy okay. our pizzas. Yeah. I Be think kind it's, to each other. Yeah. Okay. I think those are all um, good things. And I think they're all easy things for us to do. So even if people aren't um, dining out, you have options. You know, people can order from Nourish, they can order from the restaurant, they can go to the grocery store. And if people are dining out, they can come into the restaurant and sit down and eat. For our listeners who um, aren't from here, right now it's snowing. So outside reservations probably won't be um, able to happen right now, but they do have a very nice outside seating area. So you can, you will be able to do that at some point soon. All right. Well, I I think that is all we have time for today. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Let's tell people where your restaurant is one more time so they can go there and um, have a wonderful meal. Renata is located at 626 Southeast Main Street in Portland, Oregon. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. It was really lovely to chat with you about your restaurant and good job making it through this. And I look forward to dining in there again soon. It's been an honor, Sarah. Thank you so much. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would be like to be a guest on the show, you can send us a DM on our Instagram at Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.